What's up, guys? Um, welcome to the Winning Program Podcast, Episode 7. Let's go. I'm here, EJ, with... with Domino Arth. Let's go. Episode 7, I'm hyped. Let's go. Um, so in this episode, we'll be touching on the end of a great NBA season with the NBA Finals. Um, recapping on the whole 2020 to 2021 NBA season and our thoughts going forward for free agency. Yeah, the NBA Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Suns 6. Tough times for the Valley. Definitely. Um, but it was a great series. I think a much better series than what anyone expected. Yeah, especially the Bucks winning four straight, coming back. Giannis scoring 50 in Game 6. Played great all, all finals and all the playoffs. Finals MVP, respectively. I agree with that completely. Um, it was an incredible performance, but um, someone that we have to talk about as well is Devin Booker. Devin Booker was an elite scorer this playoff run. Um, yeah. I don't really know what you would say. I guess you could call him a two-and-a-half level scorer. He scored on two-and-a-half levels in the mid-range and inside, definitely. But um, his three-pointer was either really good or really bad. He was a little inconsistent with it. But he was incredible with multiple 40-point games these playoffs. And he single-handedly willed the Suns through games that ultimately decided series. Um, He was great all playoffs, and... It was a joy to watch such a great offensive talent. Yeah, you saw he had thirty. Well, if you had thirty points in like both of the finals games to start off, game one, game two. Mm-hmm. And then he came back with back to back forty point performances after the lackluster game three. <coughs> yeah, lackluster game three, going on the road, and and even game four and. Yeah. Just after after those first two games, just the Suns got completely thrown off rhythm. Giannis is too much, and the surrounding talent. They just they counted the Suns, but Booker Booker was still like the backbone of the Suns team, the number one option, obviously. And yeah, better than expected run. People thought you know they're gonna lose first round to the Lakers. I didn't think many people expect the Suns to go far. You know, you could say injuries, but just a great run. Overall, gotta give credit. Great run, and at the end of the day, we do have to give credit. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions, and PJ Tucker is Isn't an it? NBA champ. Take that in. The best PJ Tucker. The best three. The best three-point shooter in the corners. Man, right. best corner three-point shooter, greatest player of all time, PJ Tucker, man. Yeah, greatest three-point shooter. <laughs> nah, I wish, but he's the dude's incredible. Um, but yep, the finals was definitely much more entertaining than everyone thought. People were expecting Lakers, Nets, Lakers. Um, yeah, it was either going to be Lakers, Nets, Clippers, Nets. That's all everyone was waiting. The Nets were, yeah. That's what I was Everyone was waiting for a Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference Finals, and stuff like that, but it didn't happen. Did not happen at all. And the same thing with the Eastern. The Nets couldn't come through. They couldn't. Well, they couldn't beat the Bucks, although they're injured. 
Since the Lakers, their injury problems, Suns beat them. And Clippers, and too. Then, yep, and then all these injuries led to um, a little bit of dismay from fans and the media. Um, and it was a little disappointing, you know. You didn't have the normal big names in the finals. Your LeBron, your Curry, your Kawhi, or maybe even Durant. Um, but the Suns and the Bucks made this such a great finals that um, anyone that missed it really missed out. It was incredible to watch all six yeah. games, to, no matter which team you were supporting. And if you were neutral, watching games, watching basically every game except game three must have been incredible for you. So incredible, man. I love the series. Yeah, great final series because, you know, Suns are winning 2-0 and then, yeah, like the Bucks, they won four straight. Came on an incredible run. Especially with Giannis carrying the team to a finals MVP. Crazy. One of the greatest finals closeout games in NBA history. Well, he finally won a ring. <laughs> finally. Yep, he did it. Um, And... Back again to this season. While well, we now have an NBA champion, a very legitimate NBA champion, and a great completed season. You can't Milwaukee go through the season without um without highlighting injuries. That's always going to sure. be something attached to this season. Obviously, we had the injuries to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. We had an injury to Kawhi Leonard. We had the injuries to James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Um, Joel Embiid partially tore his meniscus, but he managed to play on it and still play at an all-NBA MVP caliber level. Um, there was Jamal Murray's injury. Um, sure. Trey Young's as well. There were so many injuries that drastically it, switched, shifted yeah. the landscape. And the Warriors still without Clay Thompson, so that's definitely a part. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, that was big. <clears throat> I think they would have been like six seed with the healthy Clay Thompson this season. They would definitely made the playoffs. They almost got in without Clay Thompson. Arguably, they could have. They could have went in. They're close. They should have beat the Grizzlies in the second play-in game. That was just unlucky. Yeah, Draymond missing that floater. He missed the wide open floater, and then I hope he'll yeah. work on it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but to then talk on the Warriors, um, Stephen Curry this season. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we can sit here with our mouths. Oh, he didn't make playoffs. Oh, he doesn't play that much defense. Blah 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 blah. Steph yeah. Curry was absolutely insane this season and, and I really think that he is the best player in the league or top two at worst because um, what he did this season from his scoring volume his playmaking and his importance to that Warriors team is just it's the numbers don't even do him justice for the scoring volume that he's just an elite volume scorer um, and his Assist numbers don't reflect how well he plays off-ball and creates opportunities for others. 
Um, I legitimately think the title for best player of the world this year is still only between um, Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry. Respectably, you know, Curry. I think it, he was third in MVP. Was he third in MVP mm-hmm. voting? Yeah, third in MVP yes, voting. Yes, he was. Average 32 points. Yeah, arguably MVP. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Those are great seasons by him, for sure. Yep. Um, I definitely believe that it's those. That's the top two, um, and the top five is really set because I guess at three you would have to put Giannis onto the Kumpo for what he's done this year, and then okay. um, you have to have LeBron. Whether it's four or five, he's still a top five player in the league. Um, as we know, he was leading MVP votes before yeah. he got injured. He was top four in defensive play of the year multiple times this year. The injuries. For a couple weeks. Injuries got him. Yep. And but Giannis Kawhi is. Leonard. Oh. Yeah, Kawhi as well. But yeah, yeah. Giannis. Giannis is argue. He can be arguably the best player right now. Yeah, I saw some report. Well, I saw like some like top, top. So what? Like thirty players. Giannis is number one on a few of them. So. This finals performance could definitely make that argument that Giannis could be one. But definitely KD and Braun, too, top three. It's still amazing talents on their teams. Yeah, um, what I really think is that that top five is as interchangeable as you would like it to be. But at the end of the day, those are really the only five players right now that I believe you can confidently look at and say these guys can be number one options on championship-level teams. No doubt. And I think they proved him, especially with Giannis now. Yep. Um, Giannis was incredible. Top three player in the league. You can argue for him anywhere in that position, whether one, two, or three, but great. Great to see him play this year. Great to see Kevin Durant's playoff run. Um, Steph Curry's whole play, um, not playoffs, regular season. It was incredible to watch. And let's not forget Luka Doncic, who I have probably like seven. Yeah, it was About. great this year. And Jokic, you know, MVP. Mm-hmm. MVP Jokic. Uh, he had to carry that Nuggets team hard after Murray left. Yeah, he had to become injury. the number one scoring option. Or he was and already he did number that one. Well, obviously, but it was just more, and he did that so well. Absolutely, he did, and we could possibly see in the, but possibly in the East next year it could be Bucks and Nets again, or possibly Sixers. It's still an off season that has yet to tell the story. And I'm very happy that you bring that up because that's exactly what we have next to go into the off season. Um, the I think time. there are a couple of teams we should t- touch on. Um, you have the Milwaukee Bucks, the current NBA champions. The Phoenix Suns, runners up. You have the Brooklyn Nets. You have the, the Lakers. The 76ers and the Lakers. I think those are five teams that we should focus on talking about for their offseason and what to look ahead. So um, let's start on the Phoenix Suns. What the, do you think the Suns can do this offseason? The, the Phoenix Suns, honestly, they, I think they need a better backup big. Because when 
you saw it when Aiden went out, you know, in the NBA Finals. The Suns really had to play small ball, and they got dominated by Giannis, you know, pretty much for most of the game, especially Game 3 when Aiden was in foul trouble. No, no one could guard Giannis, especially with the small ball to start off with. Just let him open. Just let him. Amazing. He was amazing in the paint. You know, just scoring in the paint always. So I think a, like a backup big who can get a good amount of minutes. Like, I, I think that's the number one worry for the Suns. Okay. All right. And um, barring um, barring major injuries, um, the Suns are not going to be favorites to do this again next year. So what do you think they can still do to try and compete with, say, healthy Lakers, healthy Nuggets? We know the Clippers won't be healthy really in time due to Kawhi Leonard. But some of those other teams, you know. Yeah. I mean, still young talent across the team, like Booker and Aiden. So just for just got to find a way Cam for Johnson. them. Cam Johnson. For ways to just improve the young guys' game. And even, you know, if Chris Paul stays, which, I mean, it, he'll probably stay. Good chance. Just got to just work better around the team because the talent proved that in the playoffs. Internal improvements, okay. Internal improvements. That definitely makes sense, yep. But, like yeah, they won't be favorites, like, obviously, to win the finals next year, but they'll probably be top if they if they maintain their talent like Chris Paul. They'll, they'll still be top. They'll be up there. All right. That's good for the Suns. Um, next, I want to go to the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, next going into next season, you're going to have a healthy Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. No matter who you put around those three te- players, you're already guaranteed a deep run into the NBA playoffs, barring major injuries. Um so the real question is, how can the Nets improve on this team to really get them to that championship level? And before we say anything, as we know, the Nets really ran through the Celtics in the first round and then came yep. to the, and played the Bucks, and they were up 2-0, blew out the Bucks in both games one and game two, easy wins. Um... And that wasn't even at full health because James Harden got injured. So we've seen how dangerous the Nets can be. But one thing that we also forget is that Spencer Dinwiddie didn't play at all in that playoff run off a torn ACL. And now he's a free agent. So what should the Nets be looking to do? The Nets, you know, they can easily easily maintain all their talent right now. It's just, you know, health health was the reason why they lost last year. Because... If they had Harden healthy and Kyrie healthy against the Bucks, it would have the Nets would have won the series pretty clear and would have went on to the finals. And good chance likely would have won that too. I understand that. Um I just also think that um when you look at this Nets team <clears throat> oh sorry. Um Spencer Nidwini is a free agent and there's a lot of talk that he does not necessarily want to return to Brooklyn. He's obviously him going to Brooklyn as a point guard. He's not going to be getting touches on the ball. You have Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. 
You're not going to be touching the ball on that team. He's probably yeah. going to be like a spot-up shooter. And that's not what Spencer did what he is. He is um, a near all-star caliber player. Um, great starting point guard in the NBA. Um, and he can definitely offer a lot to many NBA teams. So I think it's a big possibility that the Nets actually lose him in free agency. Yeah, it's definitely going to be based on what usage he wants because if he stays in Brooklyn, his usage will be decreased for sure. But, you know, if he goes to another team, it can his usage can be a lot bigger. Yeah, um, and then, as we know, the Brooklyn Nets are tied on cap and they still have DeAndre Jordan yeah. there making about $11 million a season and not playing any minutes in the playoffs. So that's definitely yeah. something that they're going to have to trade out of, buy out, whatever. For cash. He has to, yeah, he has to go. Yeah. Um, especially if they're not going to play him. <clears throat> and one last thing is that um, in these playoffs, we saw the importance of role players at this point in their career, such as Jeff Green and Blake Griffin. Um, On the Nets. Yes. But now I believe both of them are going to be free agents. And a lot of contending teams are going to be looking to go after these people. And when you really look at it, the Nets had no one contributing in the playoffs other than Blake Griffin and um, Jeff Green outside of the big three. Every once in a while you had like Joe Harris showing up or someone else. But those two were the big bench pieces and they might have trouble getting them back. Uh, Yeah, Uh, they can... Try looking for agency depends on their situation, their free agency situation, and their money situation. But yeah, definitely possibly better surrounding talent, probably cheap players. They can help the Nets as well. I always find it funny that um, if you put this Nets team, just those three dudes and a bunch of G League players around them, they'd still probably find a way to make the NBA Finals, and that's just crazy. It's just it their talent. How great. Yeah, it speaks to how great those three players are. Absolutely. But, yep, that's it for the Nets. Now, let's get into the Milwaukee Bucks, who are fresh off an NBA title. First one in over 50 years? Yeah. And Last it was incredible. Yes. And it was incredible. But, again, it's not likely that they repeated again with the team as currently currently constructed what possible changes oh yeah a possible change I mean you mentioned this possibly trade for a superstar point guard we all know in Portland Damian Lillard I think that move overall that, that, that could be the best move because yeah like realistically who knows if they can win the East, especially with a healthy trio of Kyrie, Durant, and Harden. It'd be tough for the Bucks to, you know, get much going because we saw in those first two games when all three of those guys were healthy, they got blown out. So definitely talent. The talent's there for Dame. And, yeah, I do remember when I made that point. Um, because after this NBA Finals... Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday's stocks are higher than ever before. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I hope that won't be impacted too much by whatever the hell they end up doing at the Olympics. 
but right now Chris Middleton is looked at as a near superstar player if not superstar just because of what he did in the NBA finals and the whole NBA playoffs right yeah. Andrew Holiday is looked at as a solid star point guard that gives you all time level on ball defense um, and those are two great te- pieces for any team to have yeah sure get the defense and scoring Mm-hmm. But the only reason I don't think the Bucks would ever even think about doing this is because of their best player, Giannis. It's his chemistry. You know, his chemistry. Yep, he and Chris Middleton have been best friends. Well, not really best friends for eight years, but they've been teammates for eight years. And over that time, they grew very close, and now they're really great friends. Um... And of course, he wants to continue to keep playing with the man he calls Cash Money and the other man that he calls Big Money. So, I doubt that the Bucks will make the trade (laughs) to trade away Middleton and Holiday. Yeah, that's definitely unlikely. But but in reality, if the Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard were to say that they were going to separate ways go separate ways um a possible trade for dame and then putting drew and middleton on for dame i think that makes the bucks just as good if not better than the nets because um because how would i say this um we see Giannis as a top three player in the league right for sure. And Kevin Durant as a top three player in the league. Yeah, it's both top um, one considerably. Mm-hmm. Then you have James Harden, top ten. Um Damian Lillard is almost top ten. And then you have Kyrie who's top fifteen, obviously. But um I think that that move makes them much better. But hey, we'll see what that happens. But yeah. as we know overall, if the Bucks keep their team well and they're healthy with the healthy Dante DiVincenzo they can do well again in the playoffs, so that'll they be great could, to see. They could definitely do well again, but it'll just be harder, I think, if you know the Nets are healthy still. Yep. Um, so that brings us to another team. What teams the, do we have? The Los Angeles Lakers. We have the Lakers here. You know, I've been hearing news from the Lakers. Possibly Buddy Heald on the team. Yep, and that's not a bad move at all. It would definitely help the shooting. The shooting that the Lakers need so desperately. Yep. Um, But my concern is I think the Lakers can do better. Obviously, we haven't got into the NBA draft yet or the NBA free agency. Um. It's all still yet to be seen what the Lakers are going to do. I believe all trades should happen after free agency, that that would be the best time most trades should happen. Yeah. Um, Because I think the Lakers should attack every star point guard in free agency as possible, whether it's through a sign-in trade or, or freeing up cap space by trading Kuzma and KCP, who are going to be making... <laughs> north of $26 million next insane year. Insane money. That's, That's insane money. That is what you actually call big money. 
Um, like Drew Holiday's nickname. Yeah, but that's big money there, and um, if the Lakers want to win, they have to get rid of. I mean, not if they want to win, because obviously a healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis always puts you in position to win. Yeah. But it if works they want to be, yes. But if they want to be even better, you oh, get yeah. a good point guard. You get like a a star level point guard like Kyle Lowry, or you get an up and coming player who can show his talents in a better situation like Lonzo coming to an improved much improved LA team a better situation for him or you know you get a a bona fide all-star a former superstar in Russell Westbrook oh um those are all moves that could definitely help the Lakers but they definitely have to get role players and shooters <coughs> that are more consistent than the ones they had this year because this year did not help them at all. It didn't help them, especially shooting-wise in the in the playoffs against the Suns, you know. just The shooting was off with the guards, KCP, Kuz. The surrounding talent wasn't yeah. there, so definitely free agency. they definitely be looking for shooters. You know, I also saw... Um... Something rather interesting is rather interesting stat the other day. Um, as we know, in that first round series versus the um, Lakers, I mean ver- the Lakers versus the Phoenix Suns, the Lakers were very close to going up three-one in Game Four, but Anthony Davis got injured, and the Phoenix Suns turned on the boosters, came in and tied this series at two-two when it almost won. So, that was a momentum switch. Mm-hmm. Then they get to game five, and they know that the only player that they have to worry about is going to be LeBron James. So the Phoenix Suns built a wall, limiting LeBron to get into the paint. Um, LeBron still shot like 6 of 10, or like was it 7 of 11 from 3 that night? But he played terribly if you watch the game. And the whole yeah. Lakers team played terribly, losing that game by almost 30 points. Yeah. If we all remember correctly. Yeah, the surrounding talent. And that was because. That not good. Yeah. And that was because of the stat that I was looking at. The Suns were daring the Lakers to shoot because in that. Well, the finals, what the heck. In that playoff series, the Los Angeles Lakers shot 29% on open or lightly contested three-point shots. Wow. An open shot is when you don't have a defender in the vicinity. What a lightly it? contested shot is the defender is about five feet away from you. It's when they're out of sight. These are NBA players we're talking about. Those are the shots that sharpshooters live to shoot. Those are the shots that good shooters live to shoot. And those are the shots that decent players are still supposed to be able to make on a decent clip we should be talking more like 50 almost 60 percent not talking 29 percent from three-point land on open shots this isn't talking about contested shots when there's a hand in your face none none of that these are open three-point shots and that just goes to show that they couldn't shoot no spacing the suns made in perfect deep game plan they said okay we'll let lebron shoot and even if he shoots like seven of ten six of ten whatever no one else on the team's going to do anything so yeah especially 
Yeah, I was going to say, especially Dennis Schroeder with zero points that game. In game five. Oh. It just, just didn't help when you're, when the starting point guard on the team was just 0 for 9 of two goals. Yeah, just no help around Braun. The talent wasn't there. The Lakers are going to have to make sure that they find a way to trade Dennis Schroeder away. They can't let him walk because if they let him walk, they're still going to be over the tax limit, or I mean the salary cap. So what they have to do is they have to find a sign-and-trade suitor, or they literally have to sign him to that $120 million deal that he wants so badly. And then they're going to have to find a suitor that can give them something reasonable in um, return because... I don't see the reason you keep Schroeder on the team anymore unless there's some mastermind plan there to get great shooters around the team. Maybe Buddy Hield and Harrison Barnes help that, but right now I don't Maybe. see any of that happening. And um, yeah, next year it looks like the Nets for taking as of right now, unless the Lakers can stay healthy, the Suns can improve, or. Kawhi Leonard's ACL magically fixes over the next yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah, it is definitely looking like the, in the Nets' favor. Yeah. Because um, when, when they're healthy, it's just... It's domination. At least on the offensive end. They defensive don't really end? have too many answers. They don't have many <laughs> answers defensively. Not, I mean, no, who do you not really... defensively. Yeah, who are the best defenders on that team? I mean, I'm talking about a Kev- Kevin Durant post-Achilles injury. Sure, his offense hasn't taken any hit. If anything, he's looked even better. But obviously his defense has taken a hit. We're talking about their best defenders yeah. like Blake Griffin and Jeff Green. That's not good. Especially the other older defenders, yeah. Yeah, so yeah defense is um, definitely an issue. That's going to be something that they may end up addressing, you know. Andre Iguodala is a free agent, and although he is older, he can still play good perimeter defense and hit timely shots. Because as we know, if the Martians are pointing the death beam at Earth, we all know who <laughs> we want taking that shot. The final, the former finals MVP winner. <laughs> oh my goodness, the 2015 Finals MVP should have gone to Steph Curry, but that's a whole nother debate. You could even say LeBron James if you wanted. really should have been Steph Curry, but it's so interesting how... Still, still Iguodala's trophy. Yep, <laughs> that's a whole nother debate. But um, before we close this episode... This amazing um, episode 7. There is rumors that Bradley Beal is really what? thinking about requesting a trade out of Washington. Hmm. Could be a smart move. Domino. Domino. Um, the boss. If the Warriors put together the number seven pick, <laughs> the number 14 pick, Okay, you hear that? Those are two lottery picks. Two lottery picks? Above average draft class. I'm hearing It's that. not a bad draft class. It's an above average draft class. Oh, yeah. It's not great, but it's not bad. And it's not average. It's a little better. All right? So you have two lottery picks. 
And then to like match salary, you throw in like an Andrew Wiggins in there. Um, then maybe you even have to throw in like a Jordan Poole. Oh. And then you get Bradley Beal, and then you take on Davis Berton's contract for the Wizards, which is like a miracle for them. I know they want to get off that contract. Yeah, Do you big see contract. That trade. It could be a possible trade. It depends. It depends if the Warriors, you know, they could possibly run a three-guard system with Steph, Clay, and Beal. It'd be it'd be an interesting lineup, for sure. That system it, would work. It definitely could work, and possibly with uh, Wiseman and Green coming back, or if Wiseman is coming back to the Warriors. Oh wait, how did I forget about Wiseman? Put that boy in the trade. Never mind. Yeah, it, it's it, supposed it, to be in the trade. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. supposed to be in the trade, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, put him in the trade with Jordan Poole and um, so yeah, so you dump Wiseman. So you yeah, dump yeah, Wiseman. Yeah. 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 Who can you... Who, so how can the starting five... So you'll have Curry, Clay, Beal, Green. Who would you no, throw... No, Curry, Beal, Clay. Right, Curry, Beal, Clay, Green. Draymond. And then who... Yeah, are, and then... um. They still have Kevon Looney. I think he's a good center. Um, there's not really too many great players in free agency, let's be honest. So right now, it would just be about filling out the bench, I think. Yeah, they can definitely sign some bigs for the bench. They don't need, like, a... If they do get Bradley Beal, they don't need to go big money for a center, obviously. Cause not at all. They'll yeah. be still paying big money. Big money. Like Drew Holiday's um, name. Yes, it'll be really interesting to see where Bradley Beal ends up um, playing for the first game of the NBA season. Do you think Westbrook will go you know, too? If Beal ends ooh. up going? If Beal goes, yeah. Because, you know, Westbrook heard that Harden was thinking about leaving Houston and, you know, both of them jumped ship, although Westbrook was obviously much earlier. Um you know, after Paul George left, OKC, Westbrook knew, yeah, it's time. I have to go. Um, he's too old to be doing that insane carry job that he did in 2017. Um, he wants to be part of a team where he can be the second or third best player and help a team to winning, play winning basketball. Um, Definitely. But one trade I was thinking about is Portland trying to make Dame happy. Because how can that possibly work? acquiring Bradley Beal. You know, it seems yeah. very off. But if you put CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic together, um, I don't really know who else the Blazers have on that roster that may be good. Maybe Norman Powell after they um, re-signed him in free agency because they said that they wanted to do that already. And then a couple first-round picks because... The Blazers don't trade picks at all. They can send two, three, four first-rounders and maybe a second-rounder as well. And you put Dame and Bradley Beal together, I think that rejuvenates Dame's hope and keeps him in Portland two to three years longer. Definitely gives him a better scoring option than CJ McCollum. Yeah, I think that can definitely help him stay because they can definitely have bigger playoff runs and whatnot. Time will tell. Time will tell. It will be very interesting to watch any of those situations happen. But um, you know, this NBA off season is going to be great. 
We can't wait to talk um, about it. Yep, and I think that's going to be it for this episode. Thank y'all for listening. Episode 8 in the works. And guess what episode 8 will be? The top 10 greatest players in NBA history. Which the list will be very subjective. You can have many different um, opinions on it. Um, There's definitely many. Obviously, obviously there's a little bias in everyone's top 10. But um, Dominic and I will do our best to give good reasoning behind all of our picks, including our honorable mentions. These are some great honorable mentions. Oh, yeah, for sure. But with that... Episode 7 is a wrap. Thank y'all for listening. See you episode 8.